Hello, and welcome back to the Test Drive Podcast, brought to you by Sport Car USA. I'm your host, Lee Baudet. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Test Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Baudet. I'm the host of Test Drive on the YouTube channel. Been in broadcasting radio-wise for over 40 years, and of course, a car enthusiast my entire life. What is your name, and what do you do here at Sport Car USA? My name is Lee Baudette, and I'm the host of Sport Car USA. We buy and sell muscle cars throughout the country and the world, actually. Tell us about where you grew up. I grew up in South Burlington, Vermont, right near the Burlington International Airport. Actually, it was called the Burlington Municipal Airport at the time. And we were really close to the runway and the tarmac, so we would see the planes and the jets uh, kind of you know, on the tarmac just sitting there and also uh, taxiing. So that was a really cool experience as a young kid to be near that atmosphere. I was about 12 years old and my parents decided that we were so close to the airport, it was driving them nuts at night because they would leave the jets on at night. Most notably, like the airlines would clean the jets, uh, not jets, but the planes at night. And uh, my parents couldn't sleep. Kids, we didn't care, we really didn't care. So 12 years old, they sold the house to the airport And we moved, believe it or not, just about two blocks away. So we could still hear the planes, but we're further away from the airport, but not much. And I just remember being 12 years old, going to school one day, and then came home, and I wanted to see where, you know, the house was. And I say was, because that morning, I was waiting for the school bus, and I look, and I see my house coming down the road. The airport actually sold my house that I grew up in through 12 years old. They sold it and they moved it to another location. And as a 12 year old, you're seeing your house coming down the road as I'm waiting for the school bus. That was pretty freaky. So when I got home from school, I did go back over to the house and I see this big hole. And it was just so strange, really strange. I think I had nightmares, still do. Uh, Then all that was left was the garage. So that was that. So we did stay, at the new house, just sold the house just a few couple years ago, actually, as my dad and mother passed away. But I spent a good 40 plus years at the new house. And that's kind of where everything developed as far as liking cars. How long have you been into sports cars and what got you into them? My dad always was a car guy, but he had five kids. And of course, my mom as well. But they, you know, they're kind of a shoestring budget. My dad was in the National Guard full time very proud veteran. And we'd go to car shows, we'd check things out, but you know, my dad just really could not afford a a sport car because of the family obligations. So I think my dad's first car was a brand new Tempest, or no, it was a Tempo, it was a Ford Tempo. And that was his first brand new car that I know of. And he was so proud of that. And the Tempo was nothing special, but again, it was his first brand new car. My dad was such a great mechanic He would bring home like old Broncos and Blazers and just cars that needed to be fixed up, new engines put in them. Of course, he was very mechanically inclined. I never got that gene. I did get the gene as far as cleaning and making sure the car looks beautiful inside and out. But as far as repairs go, no, that's not me. So that's kind of where it started. Uh, When I was, oh, about 19 years old, I went into the uh, Air National Guard, so I had to go away for basic training. Before I went to basic training, 
I bought my first brand new car at 19 years old. It was a Mercury Capri. It was orange with a white stripe. And I had traded, I actually did have a Toyota Corolla to begin uh, my journey, which was like $1,250. Traded that for the Mercury Capri. So the Capri was my first brand new car. And I put that in storage as I went off to basic training, Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas. And it was really cool to come home, open up the garage door, and there it was, my brand new car sitting there. I had an uncle who was into auto detailing. He used to go to all the different parts stores and dealerships, and he sold them like chamois and sponges and car craft products, like the Carnuba waxes and all that. And he really kind of taught me how to maintain a car because he would visit our house and he would drop off items for me to try out. So that was really, really good. I was really good at, as I said, auto detailing. And now, uh, as I look back, I've probably owned over a hundred cars. It's really crazy. Um, I call myself a carholic because I'll keep a car for three months and then I'll trade it. Why? I don't know. I've had some unbelievable cars and I will say it's really tough to pick out which one is my favorite. What sports cars have you personally owned? A lot of different sport cars, as you can imagine. I've had a couple of Corvettes. To this day, I've got a 2020 Corvette with a mid-engine. It was the first one off the showroom floor. And I love that car. That could be like my top car of all time. But I also had a C7. I was never into Chevrolets that much. Growing up with my dad, it was a Ford family. He always either had a Ford or a Mercury. One of the first cars I ever drove when I was 15 years old, because I had my permit, was a Mercury Monterey. That was my dad's car. Of course, he never let me drive it. But one day, we went to visit my aunt, and they have a farm in Vermont. And I think my dad maybe had a couple too many, uh, and, he, and he, he just went like this with the keys. Okay, so I get to drive home, right? Yeah, and this Mercury Monterey, you can Google it, it was a mammoth car. It was so wide. It has that power steering where you really can't feel the road at all. And I just remember on the way home, I was a green, green driver, and he never let me drive. So I'm driving this thing, I'm thinking I'm really cool, and I decided to pass a car on double lines. You aren't supposed to pass a car when it's double lines in the middle of the road. I did it. There was no words being spoken in the car at the time. I get back over to the right lane and my dad looks at me and I'm driving away. And I'm thinking, I probably should have done that. He said, probably should have done that, Lee. And that was the end of that. But he actually let me drive that car to school a couple of times. But uh, it, was, it was a big boat and I really didn't enjoy that big Mercury Monterey. So where were we? What, what cars I've owned? Yeah. So the Mercury Monterey, obviously not a sport car. Some of the sport cars I've owned, I mentioned the, the two Corvettes. I've had a Do two Dodge Challengers. I had a 392 Dodge Challenger. These are the later model Dodge Challengers. I love the 392 because it was yellow and it had black. Blackout rims, black stripes. It was the matte black on the hood and the roof. And that car got a lot of looks. I love cars that get looks. It's, it's, it's nothing about me. I once had a, a, a lady say to me, oh, you must get hot looking cars to get women. No, no, I don't buy cars to get women. Uh, never have, never will. And by the way, I've got a girlfriend, but never, never, never. Uh, 
I just like sharp looking cars. That's just the bottom line. Other cars I've had a 2010 Camaro, really nice car. It was the Bumblebee. I never knew what Bumblebee was until somebody told me it had to do with Transformers. So I had one of those. And I always liked my first car, the Mercury Capri I talked about earlier. But other cars, I've had Firebirds, I've had Trans Ams. I once had a gold Trans Am that came from Canada and that thing would never start. Something to do with the battery, they just could never figure it out. Which car that you've owned is your favorite? I'm a big Mustang guy. I've got a 66 Mustang now in the garage, but I've also had a Ford GT350, which was a really fast, bold car. I say bold because it was really loud and they are very loud. I know they discontinued the GT350, but that car was fun. It, it did not ride well, they don't ride well, but that's not why you buy it. I think my favorite cars that I've owned of all time, the two I have now, the 2020 Corvette, I just think that's a really desirable, cool car, being the mid-engine first year. I always like getting the first of everything. My 66 Mustang is right up there. I've had it 15 years. It's cherry red with a white vinyl top. There's a long story to go along with that, but there's only been five total owners of that vehicle. There's just been so many. The GT350 I just mentioned, that was just a fun, fun car and fast. And I like loud. I mean, my license plate said L-O-U-D when I had that GT350. Other cars, Challengers, Camaros, other Mustangs, yeah. But I think the two that I have presently, and I did have a C7 Corvette. That was up there too. I really love the C7 Corvette. When they went to the mid-engine, I had my doubts, but the more I looked at it, I actually looked at it in a magazine a few times and people would say, what do you think of that C8 that's coming out, Lee? I'm thinking, I don't know, I don't know. Once I saw it in person, this is like a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, a Maserati. I gotta have it and I'm glad I, I do own it. What was your dream car as a kid? And has it changed? I've never really been into foreign vehicles. So I would say my dream car as a kid growing up was probably the Ford Mustang. I mean, this was back in the 60s. And Ford Mustang, when that came out in 64, they actually had the 64 and a half, people were just gawking at it. Now, I was just a little kid back then, but I grew up with Matchbox and I grew up with Hot Wheels but most notably Matchbox, and they had like Mustangs. And it was all about Mustangs and Camaros and Corvettes, right? So the Corvette at the time, well, that was back in the 50s when Corvette first came out. So I really wasn't as in tune with the Corvette. My era really began with the Mustang. And when I acquired my 66 Mustang, I think, you know, I hit the top of the mountain. I finally have an old Mustang that looks pretty darn good. Have you fulfilled that childhood dream? In a way, I would say it's my dream car. The thing is about my Mustang that I have now, it's a six cylinder, 200. It's nothing fancy. It's got a great color. I mentioned the, the cherry red, uh, actually called candy apple red with a white vinyl top. It's a basic transportation a Mustang. People ask me all the time, does that have a 289? No, it does not. It's a six straight six. It really satisfies me because it brings back so many memories as I was growing up, seeing Mustangs on the road. And I grew up with, you know, seeing Plymouth satellites and, and the Camaros out there. Um, one thing I, I, I will say is that 
there are certain cars that you grow up with. And you look at them and it's like, boy, that car's ugly. I would never want that car. I'll, I'll even go throw this one at you, like the Pacer. What an ugly car. But as time goes on, 30, 40, 50 years later, when you go to a car show and you see a Pacer or you see an Impala from you know 1976, it's just cool. It's like, wow, I remember these growing up. Wasn't really attracted to them, but they look brand new. And here it is, 2023. That fascinates me. What do you see yourself owning next? <laughs> oh boy, that is like the million dollar question because I've had so many vehicles. People say, you'll probably never sell that car, right Lee? And I've said that probably 50 times. Yeah, I'll never sell it, I love it. But I've traded, I've sold. I would like to think that about my 2020 Corvette and my Mustang. I, I've actually tried to sell my Mustang a couple times and it didn't work out. So I think the Mustang will probably go first. Corvette, I'd really like to hang on to because it's the first model year. I just don't know if there's anything out there where I would say I gotta have it, but I'm also saying I know me and that's probably subject to change. Is there any car you regret selling or trading? That's a good question. Sound like a politician. That's a good question. I guess the, the C7 Corvette, that was a great car. I had that Camaro, which was a 2010, which was the first year. I like first year automobiles. That was a, a, another outstanding car. I've had Mazda RX-7s that I regret. I've had Miatas that I regret selling because the Miata was like a little triumph that never broke down. The Mazda RX-7, I remember uh, at the time we had a little boy and I had the Mazda RX-7 and had to get rid of the RX-7, it was a two-seater. So that one really crushed me, it was a charcoal gray and it was one of the first years that the RX-7 first came out and just a really cool car. Again, I like being first with everything when it comes to new cars. The first C8, the first RX-7, the first Miata, that kind of thing. So that, that's what intrigues me the most about getting that first one. What do you like about being a part of Sport Car USA? Sport Car USA is so much fun. It's modern muscle cars, and I love the fact that we're shipping vehicles all over the country and the world, and we're buying them as well. But it's so much fun to come to work. I get to host this great show. I get to drive an assortment of sport cars, some fast, some not so fast, some unique, some not so unique. And the stories behind the vehicles, we get to hear some of the stories, like where this car came from. Is it a one owner? Is it a 10 owner vehicle? Why does it only have 5,000 miles? Unbelievable. Came from New Mexico, really? Those types of stories I really enjoy. And just interacting with the people because Sport Car USA has a number of events throughout the spring and summer. And I know they're always buying and selling cars all year long because when people want to put their car away for the winter in the northern part of the United States, they may decide they don't have the storage, they got to get rid of the car. Kind of like having a boat in the northern part of the United States. So that's when we buy those cars at a premium for us. 
So that's, that's pretty cool too, to go on shopping trips and try to find vehicles for the Sport Car USA warehouse. What makes Sport Car USA so special? I would just say Sport Car USA is such a unique enterprise. If you're looking for a sport car, this is your one-stop shopping right here. Sport Car USA has sold vehicles all over the country, including Australia of all places. The warehouse is full of any imaginable sport car you can think of. And if they don't have it at Sport Car USA, we have buyers out there, they will find it for you. So if you're gonna make one phone call, one email, it would be the Sport Car USA. We have hundreds of happy customers. We've only been in this business a year and a half, maybe two years, and we've already sold a million dollars worth of sport cars. So that kind of says it in itself. And we want to thank everybody for listening to the Test Drive podcast. I'm your host, Lee Baudet. Check out our Test Drive series on YouTube. And we'll see you next time on our Test Drive podcast. And remember, let's never forget the men and women serving this great country of ours. Goodbye, everybody.